As you watch this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see. Welcome to Home Group. My name is Rick Renner, and I've been waiting for you, and not just me, but Denise Renner and Joel Renner, all three of us. We've just been sitting here having a good time talking about how much we have enjoyed Home Group so far this week. Denise, you look beautiful tonight. Thank you, Rick. I like this green. I like it too. And Joel, welcome to Home Group. And I have been waiting for you. Thank you, Joel. We're the singing family. Oh, and I have been waiting for you. Well, we need Paul and Philip to be here so they could sing with us. Well, they just missed out, didn't they? <laughs> yes, they did. Well, I have to tell you, Home Group, I've really just enjoyed sitting here listening to my parents talk about marriage and you know, how to develop as an individual and as a couple. I've really enjoyed it these past two days. Thank you, Joe. And I'm looking forward to tonight as well. And think about it. We're just commenting on the regular TV program this week where Denise is teaching this series called The School of Cinderella. It is 16 parts. But this week, she's only giving five of them in the regular TV program. But the whole thing is so good and so hilarious. It really cuts to the heart but it will make you laugh at the same time the Holy Spirit performs surgery on you. And if you feel like you need to improve in your marriage or in any relationship, this is really a helpful series. You will love it. The subtitle says, The Art of Happily Ever After, and it comes with the study guide, which is free. So you can download the study guide right now by going to renner.org and order the series at the same time. You'll be so glad you got this series. And there is an accompanying book called Who Stole Cinderella? The Art of Happily Ever After. You know, Denise asked me to write the foreword to this book. And I said, Denise, I know you're my wife and I love you with all my heart, but I'm not going to write the foreword unless I agree with the book. I read this book four times. I enjoyed it so much. It is really good. And I got so much out of it. And of course, I gladly wrote the foreword. But anyway, you need to order your copy today and you can get it by going to renner.org. And remember that if you need prayer, this ministry believes in prayer. And in Matthew 18, 19, Jesus said, if two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth, I will do it that my father might be glorified. So let us know how to pray for you and we'll agree and Jesus will move and God will be glorified. We really believe that. But Denise, let's get started. What are we going to do tonight? Well, tonight we are talking about accepting your husband as he is. And I call this, I thought I was supposed to change him. Now, do you know that some people get married? Some, and I'm going to say about women, maybe men. I, I don't know about men, but I know about women. And they think, well, you know, He's not a Christian, but after we get married, I know he'll get saved. I can change him. Or, you know, he has this problem, but after we get married, I know that I can change him. And really, it's a wrong way to go into a marriage. It's, it's a wrong thinking that you, as a wife, that you can change him because none of us in our humanness, none of us want somebody, you know, having the secret checklist or, you know, a verbal checklist of how they want to design us, how they want to change us. And I want to give an example. 
It's kind of a dramatic example, but it kind of proves the point of kind of what wives do sometimes in their secret checklist. Now, first, let me say, when I say accept your husband as he is, do not accept if he is uh, abusing you, beating you, sexually abusing your children, using pornography. I mean, these things are not acceptable. They're not acceptable and you need help with those things. But I'm talking about that maybe he works too much or he doesn't spend time with the children or you don't like how he talks. You don't like how he eats. He doesn't like your mother. He doesn't go to church. He doesn't read his Bible. He won't pray with you. And it goes on and on and on. The list can go on and on and on. But just normal things. So here is my dramatic story. So let's say, ladies, that you met some woman, church, work, I don't know where, and you thought, you know, I'd like to get to know that lady. I'm going to ask her out for coffee. And so you ask her out for coffee. She's supposed to be there at 10 o'clock. You're there at 10 o'clock, prompt, ready. You're looking at your watch. Five after, 10 after, 15 after. This woman is tardy. I knew I was supposed to ask her to be with me because I've been tardy in my life and I know I can help her. So she finally gets there and you say, you know, I noticed that you're 15 minutes late and I just want to tell you, I can be a blessing to you because I can help you change. And then... You'd think, she says, well, I'm sorry, but I had a hard night last night. And, you know, I just kept pushing the snooze button and, and, and that's why I'm late. I'm, I'm really sorry. You think to yourself, she's lazy. No problem. I can change that. I've been so lazy in my life, so no problem. And you tell her, you know what? I'm so glad we met together because... I was lazy once and I've overcome and I can help you. And then you look at her and you think, gosh, she's such a lovely woman, but her outfit does not match her personality. <laughs> well, I, I've got to help her out with this. And then you say, you know, I think you really are a lovely person, even though you're tardy and you're probably lazy, but your outfit doesn't match your personality. I know somebody who can give you a great makeover <laughs> and you're just ready to have a wonderful relationship with her. You have coffee with her. Do you think she's going to even answer your phone if you call her the next time for coffee? Of course she's not. Why? Because you didn't accept her as she was. You wanted to change her. And ladies, sometimes I'm not going to say all, but sometimes we have this secret checklist in the back of our mind, if he would only do this, if he would only do that, or I can't believe he does that. And I would never do that. And even though we might not even say it, they can feel it. They might not know what they feel, but, but it's like a wall coming up in our relationships. That's really good, Denise. Well, can I talk about judgment? Sure. Because, uh, of course, this involves judgment. 
like you look at that, you look at your husband or maybe husbands, you look at your wife and you say, I would never do that. She needs to work on that. And in your back of your mind, you hold her in that place. Or wife, you can't believe that your husband does this and you're Of course, you would never do that. And we, in our humanness, we put on kind of like these self-righteous judgment robes that I would never do this. And I can't believe that you do this. And Jesus has a lot to say about judgmental attitudes. Mm -hmm. And it's in Matthew chapter 7. And you guys interrupt me at any time. And Jesus says in verse one, it says, judge not that you be not judged. Well, I think one reason that Jesus says don't judge so you won't be judged is the judgment's a horrible thing. And he doesn't want judgment coming on us. So he says, don't judge and you won't be judged. And then verse two, because he goes on to explain For with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. So the very same way that you judge your wife or wife, you judge your husband or you judge your boss or you judge your friend is the very same judgment that's going to come back on us. Jesus said it. He said it's going to come back in the same measure that you put out there. So then Jesus goes on. Verse three. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but not consider the plank that's in your own eye? So in our relationships, doesn't have to be with husbands and wives. It can be. Uh, because we, it could be with anybody, anybody, but with husbands and wives, we send, tend to see our faults really clearly and, um, and things that we think that our spouse needs to deal with. I always say, you know, when you get married, <clears throat> you need to take away the microscope on looking at his faults and get out the telescope. Because anybody can see anybody's faults. That's a really, really easy thing to do and to judge. But to give mercy is another. It takes takes the Holy Ghost and faith to give mercy. So back to this person that's judging this other person who has a speck in their eye. And Jesus said that you have a board in yours. I see a process here. I see that, let's say husband and wife, okay? So the wife, she sees that her husband does such and such, or the husband sees that his wife does such and such, and he sees it, and then he thinks about it. And then he sees it again, and then he thinks about it again, and then he sees it, and then he thinks, and he sees it, and he thinks. And Jesus says, why aren't you thinking about the board that's in your own eye? Well, you're not thinking about the board that's in your own eye because you're too busy thinking about the speck that's in your brother's eye or your wife's eye or your boss's eye or your sister's eye or your wife's eye. 
or your husband's eye. And Jesus says, he goes on and he says, verse four, he says, and how can you say to your brother? So now it's gone beyond thinking, seeing and thinking and seeing and thinking. Now it's gone to speaking. Now we're going to say to them, I see this in your character and it needs to change. After all, you're a Christian. You know the Bible. You need to change. Or, I mean, because it involves our speech. That's what Jesus said. And then the second part is, the third part is, let me remove the speck from your eye. Now we've gone from (laughs) thinking, seeing, thinking, from speaking, Now we've taken on complete Savior. Let me, because I'm so holy and righteous and wonderful and I don't do do the things that you do, let me take the speck out of your eye. Well, I wear one contact because God's healed my eyes over the years. It's amazing. I used to couldn't see across the room. I couldn't, the person in front of me this far was blurry and God's healed my eyes. I wear one contact. When I go to the eye doctor, he always tries to take my contact out. He looks at my eyes and he says, I'll take your contact out for you. And I say, no, thank you. I'll take my own contact out. Why? Because I don't want anybody digging around inside of my eye taking something out. And you and I, we don't want somebody digging around in our character and saying, if you were only like me, if you were only like God, I can't believe you do this. And Jesus, he he has something to say about it because he says that you're looking at that speck, but you don't recognize that you have a plank in your own eye. You know, the speck, That person will answer to God for their speck. We won't answer to God for their speck, but we will answer to God for our board. And verse 5 says, and none of us like this word, but Jesus calls us, if we do this, he calls us a hypocrite. He says, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly how to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And honestly, what happens to me if I start looking at somebody and thinking I can't believe they do that, I would never do that, and judging them, self-righteous judgment, judgmental attitude, I start thinking about what Jesus did for me. And I see that What he did for me, I didn't deserve that. I didn't deserve for him to take my punishment. I didn't deserve for him to take my sin. I didn't deserve for him to go to hell for me. I didn't deserve for him to make me worthy to come into his presence. And when I see that, sorry for the emotion, but it is emotional to me because I'm so grateful for what he's done because he made it an open entrance for us to come and be with him. And, and when I see what he did for me, 
I feel like I'm like those um, Pharisees that brought that woman to Jesus that was caught in adultery. And they were ready to stone her. They were ready to kill her. And they had their stones in their hands, ready to accuse, bring condemnation and punishment. And I, I feel like that, those Pharisees that did drop those stones right out of their hands and walk away. And in my own heart, I say, Lord, you've done so much for me. I have nothing, nothing to say about that other person. And that's how I get free from judgment or being tempted to be judgmental. Hey, that is so helpful. Thank you. Thank you, Rick. Well, judgmental attitudes can can develop in marriages or any relationships, honestly. And what they do is they don't they don't build relationship. They divide a relationship. Mm -hmm. And Jesus he, he came to give us life and life more abundantly. But the devil, he came to accuse. He came to say in your mind, I can't believe that your husband did that. Didn't, did you see how he did that again? I can't believe your wife did that. I can't believe your mother-in-law said that. This accusing, accusing. He never says, you know what? They're really growing. They're really pressing through. They really are good at this. They really are. He never says that. It's always accusing mm -hmm. because that's his title. That's his character to accuse and steal and destroy. Okay, Denise, I can hear somebody in a home group thinking, does that mean that if I see something that I need to address, I can't address it? Well, I really believe that the Bible says that if we're going to speak to one another to the truth. In love. In love. It's all about our attitude of which we say it. Mm -hmm. And if we come to blame or criticize or teach like, like we are the one to teach. Mm -hmm. Like I'm better than you. So let me tell you where you're wrong. Nobody's going to receive that. Can I, can I say something I think might be helpful? Denise and I have had multiple conversations about the word judgment because I don't like that word because I never, feel, I never feel like I have judgment for Denise like she thinks of judgment. But the Bible says we are supposed to judge, but we're not supposed to be judgmental. There's a difference. Judging, forgive me, but the Greek word, just means to, to, to see things clearly and to have a conclusion, to know what to do. But, for example, we're supposed to judge sin. We're supposed to judge angels, the Bible says. There's nothing wrong with judgment. What is wrong is being judgmental. And when you're judgmental, and I, and there, I think this through the years, I figured out this is what Denise means. It's when you categorize somebody and say, that's just what they are. That's, that's just what they're always going to be. That's wrong. That is being judgmental. Now, in our relationship, Denise has judged things in my life that have been good for me. She's told me I was eating wrong. I may not always like what she said to me because I don't like to eat what she likes to eat. But sometimes she has a, a good insight for me. That's not judgmental. She's being helpful. Sometimes I've been able to help Denise with the things because I've seen 
technically, I can kind of judge, I can discern what she needs to fix in her life. It's not helpful if I just categorize that that's the way you are and that's the way you're always going to be. That's not helpful. So when we come to each other, we have to come with the right attitude. With grace. With grace. And mercy. And one thing that helps me from being judgmental is just to remember how much I've been forgiven and how much I'm currently being forgiven. For example, in our relationship, Denise gives me a lot of grace. (laughs) I need to give her grace. I have received a lot of mercy and a lot of grace. And when you're aware of how much mercy and grace you have received yourself, it really makes you want to give mercy and grace to other people. I I do not have a right to be judgmental. I have received so much mercy and so much grace. I, I am obligated to give it. And actually, Jesus said that. Jesus said in his parables, if you've received a lot, you need to give a lot. Mm-hmm. And I think that helps us if we just remember how much mercy we have received, not just from the Lord. Let's not be super spiritual about this. You've received a lot of mercy from your spouse. You've even received a lot of mercy and grace from your children. Think how many people could have gotten upset with you and broken off their relationship with you, but they're still your friends. All of us are recipients of mercy and grace. And therefore, we need to be merciful and we need to be graceful to others. That's very good, Rick. Joel? I have a question. So some people really do have a problem with being judgmental. How do you stop? You know, you make a decision, I'm going to stop being judgmental. How do you just stop doing that? Well... Joel, I really think it goes back to what Dad just said and what I said earlier, remembering that God, what God did for me. Because if anybody had had the right to judge us, because we're in this error of the the church of grace, we have grace, mercy, grace and mercy, mercy right now. Now, when this ends, it's going to be an era of judgment. But right now, it's grace. But there's something else you said that was so, Denise has been so good. You talked about the process that it moves from seeing and thinking to speaking. Mm-hmm. And if you tend to be a judgmental person, close your mouth. Don't let that phase develop. If you're seeing something you don't like and you're thinking about it, keep it there. Talk to the Lord about it. Let the Holy Spirit deal with you. And if you don't have a right attitude, don't open your mouth. Just keep it to yourself. A lot of conflicts can just be stopped if we'll just keep our mouth quiet. That's really good. You say, well, I just don't know if I can do that. Well, we talked about that last night. That a man who control his spirit is greater than one that takes a city. We read in James chapter 3 that a real spiritual person, I know we all think spirituality is prophesying, having dreams and visions, but James chapter 3 says, If you can control your mouth, you're a spiritual person. It is great spiritual maturity to be able to be quiet. Mm -hmm. And the book of Proverbs tells us in the presence of a lot of words, there's a lot of sin. But when people are quiet, there's not so much sin. So if you have a problem in being judgmental, first of all, don't be condemned. You probably are experiencing judgment yourself, self-condemnation. People that are judgmental usually feel condemned themselves. They feel like they're failing, they're not meeting the standard. But keep your mouth shut and just let the Holy Spirit deal with you. Denise? 
It's so important, and I, I appreciate you saying just close your mouth, Rick. It, it, it's so important going back to, to having the right attitude when you talk to that person. You're not there to blame. You're not there to accuse. And, of course, God might have to work in your heart. And I will have to work in your heart for you to come to that place where then it's the right time to open your mouth. But like what you said, Rick, about closing your mouth. And I don't want to close this home group without inviting you ladies to my school of Cinderella that you can go to and join. Go to my Facebook. It's Denise Renner. There's 16 lessons there. There have been ladies already taking these classes. Well, Thousands have taken them in the Russian language, but now it's offered in the English language. And so you go to my Facebook and go where it says it's a blue button. It says visit group and just go there and you can join 16 lessons about becoming a very strong woman in your home. Honey, this has been good. And I'm looking forward to tomorrow night when we come back to you again. We're going to pick up right here. I don't know what Denise is going to talk to us about tomorrow night, but whatever it is, it's going to be good and it's going to be helpful. But go to bed, sleep well, and we'll see you tomorrow night. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed this teaching, please subscribe, like, and comment so more people can see it.